This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer. I am Eric Quintana. He is Sam Franco. Sam! How's it going, man? Not too bad. Uh, you know, went to the Atlanta United game last night against NYCFC. Uh, kind of watching the Braves on my phone in the process. So uh, I, I will the, say how, that. How were, how were the emotions either way for the Braves and for Atlanta United? Well, I mean, you know, both teams kind of, I think, surprising a lot of people. You know, obviously the way Atlanta United season started uh, with with Gabriel Heinze and just the kind of dumpster fire that that ensued. Uh, and then you also had the Braves, you know, lose Ronald Acuna uh, relatively early in the season. And it seemed like midway through, they were just kind of going through the motions and waiting for the end of the season. And then at the deadline, they make some trades and, and kind of bolster the roster. And now, you know, you look at both teams where they are right now, Atlanta United, you know, trudging right along, getting ready for the playoffs. And then you look at what the Braves have done one game away from the World Series now. I mean, Atlanta's buzzing. And, uh, you know, whether you're – Georgia Tech, Georgia, whatever fan here. I mean, you've got to, you know, look at what Georgia's doing right now as well. Uh, just kind of <laughs> lots of success. Obviously not the ultimate successes yet, but lots of success going on in Georgia sports. Not necessarily something we're always used to, although we have had spells of success and then ultimate letdown. So that that is something that you, you do worry about. But at the same time, I've gotten to the point now in my sports fandom where I'm just going to enjoy everything in the moment, not think about the past, not think about the future, because – you know, you're going to get trapped in all this crap of, you know, Atlanta's cursed or, you know, it's just, you know, look at another choke yeah. job or whatever. And it's like, I'm not going to do that anymore. So uh, the way Atlanta United playing obviously is, is, is very good. And unfortunately they had kind of a, a long lost uh, enemy, if you will, pop back up last night. And that's the uh, just inability to hold a lead late. And that's something that is, has been a mark of this team pretty consistently for a while now and then and, and last night you know obviously no no different and Gonzalo Pineda not happy uh, after the game blatantly coming out and saying yeah we left two points on the table tonight so unfortunate result for Atlanta United but still everything to play for 100% agree I think it's it's easy to look at last night and uh and and think well there's a lot of excuses that you can write this off with you know you didn't have Barco you didn't have Joseph for the full 90 um, you know, you, you're starting Kubo Torres, who, you know, it wasn't terrible, but wasn't, you know, he's not Joseph. So, and he's not, uh, he's not a, a, a great option to back up Joseph. So you look at what happened last night and you look at the way that the game kind of played out first 10 minutes are kind of rough for Atlanta United. You, honestly, NYCFC probably could have taken a one goal lead there and made life real difficult, real difficult for Atlanta United. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Thankfully, Atlanta United kind of got it under control. And I forget if it's the 16th mm-hmm. or 17th minute, but around there is when uh, uh, Moreno scores. And you, you, you find some life after, you know, that first ten first rough 10 minutes. And you're thinking, okay, you know what? They've, you know, it, for whatever reason, they got off to a bad start. Uh, let's see how this goes. And then you saw the chances being created. Um, you saw moments where, you know, Atlanta United could have taken a 2-0 lead. And that didn't happen. Uh, it, it's a... I think that has been a problem. This is one match. So I'm not going to call it a problem uh, because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like missed chances have been an issue as of late. Um, I'm not saying they haven't missed chances. Obviously they have, but it, it hasn't George been, Bello, it, man. Oh, yeah. it hasn't been. Yeah. 
it hasn't been an issue that has really stuck out to a lot of us. Uh, last night was one of those nights where it didn't matter that you didn't have Joseph. It didn't matter you didn't have Barco. You should have come away with all three points last night. Um, I was watching, uh, reading Rob's article in, in Dirty South Soccer, and he was uh, you know highlighting the same stuff that it didn't it didn't matter you didn't have Joseph, it didn't matter you have Barco. You had you had you made you created enough chances to 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 score a second at the very least. Yeah. You put yourself uh, in a position to win. There's yeah. no question about and it. You Unfortunately, just, yeah. You couldn't finish. Well, the problem is the first 15 minutes, and Jeff Lorenowitz said this on the post-game radio last night. He was really good, by the way. Um, he said that the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes were essentially all New York City. Like, yeah. first 15 minutes, is press, press, press. Atlanta United absorbed in the first half. and the second half, the dam just broke. And that's unfortunate. But at the same time, it's like you can't let that happen. Like, you've got to learn and know how to consistently defend a lead and no matter who the coach has been in recent history, Atlanta United just hasn't been able to do that with a lot of consistency. They, they, they play well early, and then they get blitzed, you know, at the end of games, and they just, they just don't know how to hold on. I, I, I see, I, I don't, I know that it's, it's not that, every game. I know but. it's, I know it's, that's, that's been an issue, but I, I look at it, I can't look at it and think it's a pattern because it's, it's every now and then that happens. It's not so much, I don't feel at least, and maybe I'm just not paying enough attention. But it doesn't feel to me, at least, that they're losing games late on a very consistent basis, game in and game out. It's like every now and then. So to call it, to say maybe that maybe it's just know, every time I go to the Benz. <laughs> maybe, maybe to say that it's and so yeah, I mean that would stick a lot closer to you because you're there and that's the emotion right. that you leave with. But it doesn't feel like it's that's a specific problem to Atlanta United. That it might just be a, a you know a, a, a game, a single game situation type of deal where it's, you know, they, they happen to find themselves in a situation last night and, you know, they couldn't hold the lead, the one goal lead for the full 90 minutes. But I don't, I don't feel like that's a problem throughout. I, look, I'm high on the Braves right now. They look like they're going to hopefully do good things. I'm not nearly as high on the Atlanta United uh, over the course of the last two weeks as I was in their good run of form. Yeah, uh, fair. You know, maybe a month ago. I forget exactly the timeline. Maybe a month, month or a month and a half ago. You look at the last a couple of results for, for this team. And you're looking at uh, ever since the Philadelphia game, they lose one, nothing to Philadelphia and they beat Miami. Then they lose two, one to Montreal. Then they beat Toronto. Then they draw against New York. And I know that the results cumulatively aren't terrible, but this isn't a team that looks like they are, uh, they are trending upward going into the playoffs. So while I, I, I enjoy the fact that it looks like Atlanta is going to make the playoffs, you know, I, there's a chance, you know, they still have to win. They still have to go out and perform over these last uh, four matches, but they've got to figure out a way to, uh, to, to come away with, 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 with three points in, in at least three of these four, I think. Uh, yeah, just, to kind of stay, just to kind of stay at the very least, stay where they are in the playoff hunt, maybe move up a spot or two, but at the very least stay in contention. I, I think that, um, look, there's still opportunities there for, especially with these matches remaining. But I, I think at the same time, you got to look at the way this team's playing, the issues that looks like Joseph is kind of coming up against with with his knee, and and that there's clearly something. It's it's more than just a hamstring. I think I'm not a doctor, I, but I have had knee surgery, and I'm not a professional athlete. And I can tell you, I it's it's not easy to come back from something like that, uh, you know, as quickly as Joseph did, especially with all the complications that he had. And so I, I'm not. I don't. You know, I, I can't. It's it's a, it's a, it's a reality that that you know, I, it's not a matter of him coming back too soon or anything like that. I'm not. That's not it. It's just the reality of 
you know, life after a knee injury like that, a knee, you know, yeah, I mean, you got to uh, come uh, back, you know, at some point when you're healthy, there's no question about that, right. but there's that kind of common sentiment amongst most like, you know, uh, sports trainer doctors or whatever, that it's like, it's really that second year after the injury and after the surgery where you can get back to being sort of your normal self. And so for Joseph to been able to have done what he's done relatively quickly is very impressive. Yeah. But if that knee is starting to act up, then then it's it probably to be expected. And, and it's, it's weird too, because of the, the way that like Gonzalo Pineda was saying um, last night after the game that he thought like Kubo Torres like gave them like a tactical advantage or, or something like in a sense, because of his like, you know, ability to get open in the box or whatever. I, I'm, I'm butchering matter the quote, if you can't I'm finish. sure. It doesn't matter if you can't finish. But that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you can't finish A. And B, if you're really trying to tell us that you started Kubo in that game for some sort of tactical advantage over Joseph Martinez, I'm going to break it down for you real simple. There is no scenario where Atlanta United would benefit from starting Kubo Torres over Joseph Martinez. Absolutely none. That scenario does not exist. So if Joseph is injured or, you know, not injured is the wrong word because the injury already happened. If he is suffering some lingering effects of the injury, maybe overuse uh, because like, you know, he hit the ground running pretty, pretty solid this year. I mean, it took him a while to kind of, you know, find his scoring legs and everything, but yeah, he might just need some rest. Like the, I, I look honestly, at, that might be the only thing that's going to get him back to being normal. So if Gonzalo Pineda is out here, just like trying to tell us that Kubo is starting because of a tactical advantage yeah. or, or it's a tactical decision, that's bullshit. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like, <laughs> just, just say it. Like if, he, if, if Joseph needs rest, if Joseph's hurt, just say it. I, I look at uh, how they started against Toronto and I thought that might've been a better, I, I know you don't have Barco, so you have to fill that hole somehow, but um, Araujo and Barco essentially up top, Moreno in the middle, I, I, th- that, that, played really well at least to me uh watching i don't know who you fill in in the midfield uh specifically for say i, I don't know how uh, it, it's it's a weird it's a weird mix when you don't include barco in, into the equation because of the red card uh but i would have hoped that they would have done something like that as opposed to kind of uh, downgrading essentially the whole team by putting Eric uh, Kubo Torres in there. I, I like, I, it I really hate, is a downgrade. I, I hate of, to of say the whole it. Roster. I, I hate no, to say it, but you're, you're clearly not as dangerous. And uh, at the very least, if you have Araujo up top or um, uh, gosh, I, I mean, Araujo would be really the only option you have. And I don't Jackson not, Conway. Yeah. Well, he wasn't, well, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, that that's obviously if you're, if you're really hurting Jackson Conway is another option. He's not a, great option certainly an option to sure. have but uh, here's the thing too like you just you just said it it's like Kubo Torres is a complete like downgrade of the entire team and we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast it's because Joseph Martinez is the straw that stirs this drink there's yeah. no question about it he is what makes this team go it's it's getting the ball to him in good positions it's it's giving him the, these opportunities and if he's not playing, so you take him out and you replace him with Kubo Torres. Yes, that is going to make the entire rest of the team not as efficient, not as good. I just, Although I look I will at, say, Otto Uju last night on that uh, Moreno goal was fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, the way he but, takes the ball in the midfield and just cuts him. I mean, he is starting to, I mean, he's the highest played player on Land United now. That came out yesterday. And. Mm-hmm it's probably accurate because you know, it's like, I'm not probably accurate, but it, that's probably not a bad, like Joseph Martinez, everybody's like, Oh, he should be the highest paid player. Well, he's getting older. He's injured and all this stuff. 
Luis Araujo, I have no problem with him being the highest paid player after watching him last night. He was I, I, I'm I'm more impressed with him uh, as I see more of him. I think that yeah. hopefully over the next, you know, a few games, he gets, you know, he shines even more. And then going into next year, he kind of comes into his own and, and is able to kind of really cement himself as a as a, you know, as a as a, a face of the, of the club in a, in, in, in a way uh, moving into next year. I, I just I, I look at this team right now and I don't. I'm not as high. I was high on them a month and a half ago because they were playing amazing. It, everything you wanted out of Barco, you were getting, uh, you know, you were getting good stuff out of Moreno. You had the, you know, the, the, the four horsemen. I forget what we called them. Um, <laughs> bam. <laughs> bam. Uh, and so like things were looking up and now you've got, you know, the situation with, with Joseph, the you know, Barco, obviously missing this match. Um, you know, Moreno and, and, and Araujo are, are, are fine right now. That nothing they, You haven't seen a dip in play with them. And even defensively, it's not like, you know, the rest of this team, it, it looks fine. It, it just, you're, you're missing without Joseph, without uh, Barco, kind of consistently playing the way that we had seen them play over the course of that, you know, month, month and a half period. Y- you can't be as high on this team, especially when you're going up against, you know, the, the better teams in MLS in, in the playoffs, especially in a one game scenario, you know, during the, during that time, during that month and a half where they were just playing outstanding, I would have said, put them in a single, single elimination tournament and I'm put, putting money on them. Yeah. And I, I, now I look at the situation. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not sure. You wonder what goes on with Joseph moving forward, how, uh, how his minutes are managed. Um, whether it's a, you know, I, 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 that makes me nervous. It makes me nervous that there's a, I, if there's doubt as to whether his knee can kind of hold up, I don't even know if I, I would rather not risk him getting re-injured and look towards next season. Just kind of shelve him for the rest of the almost, season. Yeah. Shut him down almost. Yeah. I, I look, I obviously don't know the situation nearly as well as, as, as the front office, as, as the club itself and, and as Joseph himself, I, but if there's an issue to where, you know, you, there's, there's nervousness around that. Um, if he's not, if he's not a hundred percent, you know, I, I hate to say it, but no, I'd agree with, you. I don't, I would rather, you know, I would rather be disappointed going into the playoffs this year than lose him for the entirety of next year. Cause that's what you're looking at. If, if anything goes wrong, you know, over the course of the next, you know, five, six, seven, how many playoff games that Lane United plays, you know, I, I, I don't like that. I, I was, I, I was ready to come on here and talk about, especially after last week and be like, you know, it looks like, you know, they've had a, a couple of stumbling blocks over the last few matches, but, uh, but they've they, kind of gotten through that. And, they and, were looking and, like one yeah. of these teams that, you know, after the all-star break, after mid season, they kind of figured out kind of in the same vein as Seattle a few years ago, but they kind of figured themselves out and were able to kind of uh, launch themselves into a, into a playoff position and kind of this, this, uh, I forget if Seattle was, first or worst the first type of mentality but that sort of mentality where it's like we haven't been playing well we're, we're we finally figured it out um and over the last few weeks you just look at this team and it's like i i, I don't know if it's there not not necessarily against toronto because toronto i think you should have done better against toronto as a team considering what toronto is right now i think that should have been a better um an easier easier win a, a i think a a a better team than atlanta united goes into toronto and 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 does better. Uh, but again, you look at some of these matches and, and you've lost the confidence that you had. And a lot of that, I think falls on, on Barco a bit. Um, you know, we've all been happy with how he's looked, especially in that good and good run, 
for Atlanta United, but that has even trailed off a little bit. And then you see what happened against you know, with, with Barco last week with the red card, which I'm still kind of confused as to what actually happened. Um, and moving forward, I, I don't, you hope that you can, that's what's, that's what the, that's what's dependent on a good Atlanta United run in the playoffs is Barco and the health of Joseph. I don't even, I'm not even as worried in terms of the run. I'm not even as dependent on Joseph's health. Cause I think that, you can manage that a little bit, uh, assuming you have Barco in there. And then I'm saying with Kubo Torres, I'm talking about the way they lined up against Toronto. You can kind of manage that a little bit um, it, without having to kind of sacrifice uh, you know, whoever by putting in Kubo Torres or, or whatever, uh, whatever combination of, of, of players you want to put in the starting 11. But uh, without Barco, I don't know that, that this team, Barco is going to be the key. Have the way Barco plays over the next four matches going into the playoffs, that's the way this team, I think, is going to go, um, which makes me nervous because, again, we've seen him have these peaks and valleys. And if it, if it, if it doesn't peak at the right time for, for Barco and for Atlanta United, then I think, you know, we all, we all can use our imaginations as to what that means. I don't want to say. Speak to, I don't want to say. Yeah. I don't want to say. I want to speak I, I want, to something I want to, good. I want to be positive, but it's it just you know, I am Mister Negative here on the on the podcast, and <laughs> well, I wanted to speak to something that you had said. You know, talking about you know the Joseph and his injury and everything. It's like, what team has gone through just more of a shitstorm this year than Atlanta United? I mean, you just go from the beginning like it's all a the success. way through. Look, as long as Atlanta makes that's what playoffs, I'm saying. It's a success no matter what happens after that. I know yeah, that I, mean, I know that even if it's a if if we get pounced uh, after the first match, yeah, a, a really bad defeat. Even then, it's still a success considering all the chaos that you went through. Yeah, uh, getting the to the playoffs is, is a Herculean effort. Like from this sure. team, just just for, for everything that they went through, starting with you know uh, Gabriel Heinze going through. I mean, I felt like this team because of the summer schedule with you know you go from Gold Cup uh, qualifiers. Uh, like all the stuff that has happened throughout the course of this season, like gutting Atlanta United's roster from time to time, you know, like the uh, Copa America, like all these things. Atlanta United has been without very important players for long stretches, right. uh, you know, throughout uh, this season. So, and, and I'm not saying that that's a problem specific to Atlanta United, but it just seems like this year it really hit Atlanta United hard when you had all of those different things coming together at once. So, Making the playoffs, like I said, that's a Herculean effort. And 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 to speak to what you said about sitting Joseph, it's like if there's a risk for him to re-injure himself right now, I, I don't want to see him back on the field. Like I really don't. Well, like I, I I just want. I, like, I, know, I know what you mean, but there's always a risk when you you know, step well, on the, the field. That you're you know what him. I mean? Like 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 an increased risk. Right. Like like if playing him right now because his knee is is, is acting a little unstable or whatever. If, if, if there is a great risk or a very much increased risk of him getting injured right now, it's not worth it compared to, you know, what this team could be next year, especially with an entire off season under, you know, Gonzalo Pineda's program, whatever that will be. And, and just really sort of, you know, gelling and unifying under one coach as opposed to having, you know, th what three different head coaches over the course of this entire season. Yeah. So I think that, you know, looking towards next year is very important 
if everything works out though, like if Joseph's like, no, I'm good. And like everything, then yeah, you, you go full tilt and go for it this season. But you know, there is that concern. And again, it just feels like at this point, everything that happens post getting to the playoffs is, you know, icing on the cake or whatever you want to call it, because for the season to have gone the way it has and for Atlanta United to somehow uh, pull a playoff spot out of it, it is a truly remarkable effort. It is really annoying how they lost the game last night. Cause I mean, it, it's a, it's a sure. dumb foul. It, it felt like a loss. I'll give you that. <laughs> it did. And I mean, you have run, you run through those every now and then, um, but it's the time. Cause this NYCFC it. team is not great. I mean, they've, you give them all the credit in the world for having battled and getting themselves yeah. into a, a potential playoff spot. But you look at the two rosters and I mean, Atlanta United is just a better team. Did you, did you look at the, the PK shout? I, I, I think in the first half, uh, the I forget. I think it's Moreno that's running down and gets. Yeah, the people around me were all I, saying. I, I never that got he a dove. chance. I never got a chance to watch a replay, so I didn't know if, if um, if if he kind of just basically sold out for it, or, or if he actually got hit. Yeah, um, I did. I, you know what? If he did get hit, it was because we saw the replay a few times thing, in the yeah. stadium or whatever. If he did get hit, it was like the slightest of glancing I didn't touches. think like, like it wasn't anything that would have made him barrel over like that so it's weird too because the, in that scenario like did did he just not have confidence in himself because he had already beaten the player he could have put a shot in on goal and instead if if it was a dive I, you know I have to say that if it was a dive that is a particularly terrible decision in that instance to dive when you could have had a shot on goal instead yeah it didn't it didn't look from from the I really only saw the live angle, uh, but the only the only, from from what I saw, it didn't look egregious enough. I, look, the angle was pretty far away, and even then, well, I mean, I, I'm not really making a good case for it, but it didn't it didn't look like it was egregious enough to call the foul there. Um, would I've loved it for, for it been called for absolutely? I I would have loved for it to have been, you know, that been the second goal. I think at that point, and uh, I, but I. I don't know. I, 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 you look at the opportunities again last night and you're just like, man, like so many that, that don't involve Barco don't involve Joseph that, that, you know, show that this team is a good team, but you know, have, have lost a little bit of the fire they had, you know, a month, month and a half ago. And it's, it's about whether they can regain that over the next few matches and roll into the playoffs with that momentum, roll into the playoffs with that, that mindset that we're on top of the world right now. Uh, and that doesn't guarantee anything you know, going to the playoffs, but at least you are, you are much more confident, um, you know, heading into whoever you're playing in that first game rather than this kind of uh, just uncertainty over who's going to be available. And really we're talking about Joseph there, but who, what's Barco going to be like going into this stretch, you know, you know, is, is, are, are we going to have to depend on Moreno, not, not Uju, which doesn't seem like a bad thing, but if we, you know, the, the, what made Atlanta United so potent when they were at their best this season was the combination of all four defensively. You've always been fine. You're going to be fine defensively. Like that's not going to be a, that's not going to be a problem. Um, could you give up a fluke goal or, or something happened something dumb happened? Yeah, absolutely. It happens all the time. But this team has enough firepower. It's proven has enough firepower to keep up with, you know, to overcome a mistake on defensively to, to you know, which happen as rarely as they do. So I, you like their chances, assuming Barco can, and, and Joseph can kind of become 
the same players they were, at, you know, at the height of the season for Atlanta United. That, and it's all, I think it's more dependent on Barco than it is on Joseph, specifically because he has been kind of like the, the, what's helped open up room space, what's helped this team play better um, over the last two, three months. And so it's, 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 this is, look, if he's trying to get to Europe, this is his time to shine. This is his time to shine. You got the week off. You got to go into the next, uh, in the next four matches and going into the playoffs. And you got to figure out how to regain that, that momentum you had and, and ball out because this is the year that you want to get sold. I think that, yeah, I'm sure there's someone in his ear, at least mentioning that this is the year, this is the off season you want to get sold. This is the off season. These are the games that you want to show out so that you leave everything on the table uh, so you can get the most bang for your buck. So Atlanta United's happy with what they sell you for so that you can get to the best club you want to get to. All your options are open. Bags of money coming your way, the whole deal. And the, these, again, these are the games that that has to happen. These are the games that he has to show up and show out and, and, and prove that he's worth the investment for whatever club uh, comes calling. Yeah. I mean, ultimately for him, like, you know, he's got a, he's got a ball out. He's got to play well. There's no question about it for him to, to really, you know, I think put that final signature on his resume, like his play over these next few games could really influence that. There's no question about it. And I would agree with you in terms of, him being a little more important because than, than like Joseph in a sense, because look, Joseph's going to score you the goals, but Joseph's job also isn't as detailed as what Barco has to do. Barco has more responsibility than Joseph sure. does on the field. And that's just, you know, the nature of the position. So, you know, I, I think that if you are, you know, Atlanta United, if you're Gonzalo Pineda looking at how the rest of this is going to shake out, you know, you've got to, you've got to obviously look at Barco and, you know, make sure that no more of these red card type situations happen or anything like that. But uh, yeah, he's going to be a vital piece going down the stretch. There's no question about it, especially with the way that Luis Araujo is playing right now. Moreno with her very nice goal last night. I think some other pieces are are clicking, but you've got to have, you know, Joseph and, and, and Barco clicking as well. Here's what Atlanta United has going for it over the course of the next four matches. You've got, a match against Inter Miami, which uh, you've already played them a few times a season. You've done well against them. Or am I misremembering that? I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, well, you most recently beat them one nothing. Um, you, you got another match against Toronto, uh, which you beat two nothing just a few weeks ago. Um, you've got Toronto at the thirteenth position in the East. You've got the Red Bulls, uh, which you would play after Toronto. Um, in ninth and they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. So you're, you're going to get your best out of them. And that might be a good test to see where Atlanta United is when it comes to what they might look like in the playoffs. I know the Red Bulls are, are a bit of a unique team sometimes, but, and Atlanta United certainly has struggled with them in the past, but this would be a good test moving forward. Uh, Miami and Toronto are both 11th and 13th respectively. So you're, you're looking at, two teams that don't have much to play for right now. They can certainly ruin your dreams a bit, but uh, you're looking at teams that should help you in theory on paper should help you build the momentum that you want to build. And then you finish up the season with Cincinnati and they're in dead last in the East. Um, And so you're looking at a team in Toronto and Cincinnati that have given up the most goals in the league. Um, And 
I mean, you've got a good, uh, you've got a good chance to, to, to figure it out towards the last bit of the season. And I think that they that your schedule lines up well for you to have these opportunities to regain that momentum, um, to, to, to build on whatever you want to build on heading into the playoffs. Um, and I think I, I do like that. It's inter Miami. Your next matchup is going to be tough. Toronto's going to be tough too. I'm not trying to play off Toronto, uh, but Oh, and is Inter Miami going to be that tough? I mean, they've fallen off, you know, all I, the way I, down in eleventh position now. The point, uh, Inter Miami and Toronto, it, it, they're going to be tough enough to, te- to, you know, they're obviously not going to just give you the game, but it should be a game. Atlanta should know that they're favored. Obviously, that they're favored in these matches, and they should go in mm-hmm. knowing that they need to dominate. They can't go out and look like uh, they can't go out and not finish their chances. They can't go out and you know, and, and, and look like they're struggling the first 10 minutes in the last 15, they can't go out and, you know, just, yeah, again, generally just struggle. They can't do that. They've got to dominate. They've got to, they've got to stamp their foot on the matches and uh, really show that they've got it, that they're, that they're working towards something, working towards this sense of, of regaining the momentum they had earlier in the season going into the playoffs and then the Red Bulls. Yeah, I mean, outside the, of playing Cincinnati the, the Red Bulls, four straight times, you couldn't yeah, have gotten Bull, an easier the Red schedule Bulls are, here. The Red Bulls are going to be that good test, but you know, before they play Cincinnati, Cincinnati, I, I, I don't want to write Cincinnati off either. I don't want to, I don't want to write any of these teams off. That's not what I'm trying to do, but on paper theory, as the, as the outsiders looking in, you're looking at these matches and you're thinking, okay, well, these are the easier teams in the East. These are good opportunities to, to show what we're going to sh- we're, we're going to act like we're going to be like good teams teams that are going to do well in the playoffs beat inter miami beat toronto and beat cincinnati yeah, I can't. absolutely i mean three those of the four bottom teams in the teams, east you've got to win good those games. teams are going to go into those matches and beat them soundly um now i'm i'm atlanta united was a good team a month and a half ago i'm less inclined to believe that they're a good team now but I, th- I do think they have the potential, assuming everything kind of comes together for them over the over these next four matches, that they can kind of roll into the playoffs with the same momentum. And then once you're in the playoffs, it's, you know, whatever happens, anything can happen, especially in a single elimination tournament. So, but yeah. well, that, and that's the best part about it. You know, I mean, you get there and then, you know, anything can happen. But yeah, I, just to echo what you're saying, there, there's, you know, none of these teams you have on the remainder of your schedule are playoff teams. So, you know, you, not you at the moment, anyway, or the Red Bulls can oh, be. The Red Bulls can yeah. be, but I'm just saying right now, right. none of them are playoff teams. The Red Bulls, obviously, a, a good squad, and they're only three points back of Atlanta United. But as it stands right now, none of these teams are playoff teams. So you should be able to take care of business, particularly against Inter Miami, Toronto, and Cincinnati, who are three of the bottom four teams. I mean, it, it, it shouldn't be like, you know, this, this big grand test. If you do your job essentially then yeah you should be totally fine getting ready for the playoffs and who knows you know because you're gonna have a chance here to stack some points i mean atlanta united are you know three back of the teams in front of them you know who knows just because of your schedule being easy you could end up you know third potentially uh, depending on how all this shakes out so very good opportunity for atlanta united here Atlanta United in fifth in the East with 43 points. Orlando City in fourth with 46. Philadelphia with in third with 46. And then Nashville uh, in second with 49. Look, even even catching up to Nashville would be would be tough, but it's still mathematically possible. And uh, and look, at that point, you're talking about hosting a few home games. So 
It's all doable. All doable. Atlanta is just going to get back to that form that we, we love so much uh, mm-hmm. a month, two months ago. Hey, can I rant for like, it feels like we're kind of wrapping up here. So can I just rant for a second on something? It doesn't have anything to do with Atlanta United, but do it. it does have to do with soccer. FIFA, this World Cup every two years plan, get all the way the hell out of here with this. <laughs> that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Like, what are you doing? The World Cup is already the greatest sporting event in the world. You don't need to mess with it. Stop every two years. And then I heard where they're like, well, it could be to where there's like a World Cup and then like a Junior World Cup because a team can't play in back-to-back World Cups if they're every two years or whatever. So what would end up happening is you end up having like a JV World Cup and then a real World Cup, uh, how that wants to shake out. But even if that happens, that's still stupid. You're 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 cheapening the brand of the World Cup by adding in all these crap teams to it. Like I'm already against the expansion. Like when the when the U.S., Mexico, and Canada host in 26, there's going to be uh, I can't remember how many more teams, but they're adding more teams. It's like you're already dumbing down the product, and I don't like that. But I will hate it even more if you add another World Cup. Every two years, that's going to screw up so many leagues. You're screwing with the continental tournaments like the Euros and the and the Gold Cups and Copa America and all that stuff. This is an absolutely horrendous idea from an organization that is very well known for horrendous ideas. You know, I'm also hearing that like Israel and a group of other like neighboring countries could host the 2030 World Cup. And it's like, dude, the rotation goes back to South America and that will be the 100 year anniversary of the World Cup, which means it needs to go to Uruguay. And I know you're yeah, definitely yeah, you on board with that. You but Uruguay and Argentina... I, I don't know that they could actually host it. I'm not going to lie. No, they, 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 the... they couldn't host it themselves. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the, the plan would be for Uruguay and Argentina to host together. And that is what 100% needs to happen because the Olympics screwed that up in 96. Look, I loved having the Atlanta Olympics in 96. The Atlanta Olympics should have been in 2000. They should have gone back to Greece in 96 for the 100 year mark so that's exactly what the world cup doesn't need to do here screw this up and go to freaking israel for the like look Qatar is one thing it is a very advanced nation i was talking to my dad about this and he said like the percentage of people that like live in like the biggest cities in Qatar are it's like it's like way more immigrants you know they have these international schools and stuff because it's all about the business and everything that goes on there so it's a lot different it's a lot more you know it's not third world and things like that. Israel and like neighboring countries hosting a world cup. It's a hundred percent money. Like it's obviously FIFA in this like corrupt crap that goes on behind the scenes. It's like, don't do this. Don't mess up the rotation. Take the 2030 world cup to Uruguay and Argentina. That's even a diatribe from this diatribe I'm having though, which is do not make the world cup every two years. You dumb idiots like what are you doing why would you ruin it like like if you do the world cup every two years you're taking an event that means so much because it's only every four years so you're busting your ass for four years through qualifying and all this stuff trying to get to the point of making a world cup and not only are you sullying it now by adding more teams to it which is dumb we don't need more teams in the world cup it's fine as it is but then you're going to add another like JV version of the tournament. Like Infantino, what are you doing? Like not everything has to be include everybody in everything. Okay. There needs to be some exclusivity to things. That's what makes the world cup so great and so worth it to get to it is its exclusivity. 
adding more to it is going to cheapen the product and cheapen the brand. And the last thing you would think FIFA would want to do is cheapen anything, how greedy they are. But I mean, maybe they think this is more of a cash grab if you get more teams, but can you imagine like if the, if it's set up the way that they're talking about to where you've got every two years, but you can't play in back to backs. So of course, all of your really good teams would be in like that first one. And then two years later, you would have teams, none of the teams qualified for that world cup. So it would just be a B squad of teams. It's just a stupid idea. Yeah. Really dumb. I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of change. A lot of the changes we see in sports, uh, specifically in sports. Just as an example, I know the NFL changes rules like every year. They have a they have a rules committee that meets every year and changes mm-hmm. specific rules every year or adapts different rules. And I'm just like, just like nothing was wrong with the game before. There are obviously some good changes when it comes to safety and 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 technological advances in the game. Fine. But to change formats like that or just just up and up and something drastic like that, I I could not get on board with. I'm with you. It would cheapen the product. I I wouldn't be as excited about it. Um, you know, I there's a reason that we all get amped and pumped every four years for the World Cup. It's because it's every four years. Yes. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen every day. The great Chuck Oliver once said, You would you would hate it, you would hate it. You love Christmas, but you would hate it if it were every day. Because if it were every oh, day, yeah. it would not have the same impact that it does when it's just one day a year. And that's exactly what we got going on here. If you take, if you make it every two years, then you know the wait isn't as long, and and the 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 drop, the buildup isn't as long. And then, you know, you're right. Everything you said is right. I I I don't. When it comes to the every two years so World Cup, I I'm not a fan. I could not get on board with that. Uh, but I know you want that 2030 in uh, Uruguay and Argentina. I, look, I, to be honest, I don't know if they can. I can. I don't know if they can do it. <laughs> I don't know better than Israel. What are you talking about? They can't do you think Israel can do it? Look, I don't know much about Israel. All I know is Uruguay and Argentina are, 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 they're on some hard times. Yeah. To say the least. (laughs) Uh, and I'm just thinking of, of having to go through the process of building stadiums and where the money would come from and, and whether the people, there's so many countries that have to do that though, unless you're an established, like unless you're England or the United States or France or Germany, you're going to have to build a crap ton of stadiums. I mean, shit cutter just had to build like eight. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, look, I, it'd be awesome, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that's going to happen. Unfortunately, look, we all thought it couldn't get worse with like set bladder running FIFA. At least set bladder knew not to mess with a good thing. Like Infantino has come in and he's just trying to like ruin everything. We don't need more teams in the world cup. Stop. We don't need it. Exclusivity reigns in the world cup. It's great because not everybody can have it. Sam's five minute rant. On the Mouse South yeah. podcast. Yeah. Uh, all right. Atlanta United playing Inter Miami next Wednesday, uh, October 27th. That's at 7 30 p.m. And uh, that'll be at home. We will we'll see how they do. We'll see how they kind of match up against uh, a team that has been struggling. And um, we'll go from there. I like yeah. hopefully everything kind of comes back into focus. Everything kind of realigns itself the way it did a few months ago. And uh, we're talking about a, 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 a good, good momentum heading into the playoffs, at least heading into. Uh, Atlanta's match against Toronto uh, that Saturday. I do have one more thing to say. Uh, it's just about us and this show in particular. Um, you know, I know we haven't been as, uh, you know, weekly or on the on the money as we've, we've supposed to have been. Look, 
I can't speak for Eric, but I know that, you know, his new job is obviously, you know, taking up a good bit of his time and mine has started to take a lot more of my time. Thanks to uh, NIL and having to track down college athletes to try to put them on shirts. Uh, you know, another story for another day, but um, yeah, I mean, we're obviously busy, but we're going to do our best to, you know, push through and continue this. The Maslow South isn't going anywhere. It might take some extended breaks from time to time, just depending on our schedules, but we're here. We're not going anywhere. We're, we're, we're still here. We've been doing this since 2015 and it ain't going to stop just because we get a little busy. Okay. It's just, it's just figuring out, you know, our scheduling a little better. So apologies for not being as on the mark. Uh, shout out to uh, five stripe final for continuing uh, the great work that they do on this podcast network. And um, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll try to keep our irreverent brand of nonsense <laughs> uh, coming at you as uh, frequently as we can going forward. You also might be uh, just throwing the feelers out there and I haven't really talked to you about, about this, Sam, but we might, we might be out looking for a, th- a fourth or sorry, a third. So if you're interested, well, I mean, yeah, I don't think we're, he, we're kicking out Josh. It's just that, you know, his no, schedule no, no. is also but he's, super yeah, busy, he's busy and, and we want to, reason. we want to, we want him to continue to be a part of the show. There's no question about it, but yeah, we might be uh, trying to find someone who wants to uh, join us and uh, you know, join, join the ship. Uh, so to speak, and keep this if, thing afloat. If, if you're interested, uh, send us a send us a little DM on on Twitter yeah. and uh, at Sam J Franco here at Eric G Quintana over there at MOTS Podcast. Yeah, get at us. We would, uh, you know, we're open. We're open to anything. We'll, we'll see what's up. All right, that'll do it for us. Until next time, see you later, Atlanta. Bye-bye.